before the com- conflict started. I'm supposed to be speaking today on who's your daddy. Um, and I think this will cover some of that, but this isn't really my preach on who's your daddy. Um, this uh, is really some thoughts and feelings that I've been having for a little while now. Uh, but wanted to share them with you guys today is your senior apostolic leader. Uh, bring a word to the house today um, that I hope will encourage us um, and I hope will help us see a little bit of the purpose of God in what's going on at the moment. Uh, God, as we know, did not bring this virus. He doesn't bring sickness or disease, but he does have purpose in all things. And um, I'm, I'm beginning to see some of God's outworking in some of the stuff that's going on um, certainly with me the last four or five weeks. Um, he will bring this for his glory. Um, I don't know if you remember when Jesus was in isolation. Um, there was a number of times where he felt lonely and isolated, but one time in particular was when he went into the desert um, for 40 days and 40 nights. Remember, it says he went in full of the Holy Spirit and came out full of the Holy Spirit. That's an important message for us. Um, But he went in um, to the desert place. He went into isolation. Only he wasn't quite isolated on his own. Um, He had the devil there tempting him for 40 days and 40 nights. He also had angels, heavenly, angelic angels, that ministered to him while he was in isolation. Come on, church. There's a word there for you. There are angelic visitations waiting for us in our places of isolation, in our places of being at home, or even feeling lonely. Um, but what Jesus did was he overcome um, that place of temptation by quoting scripture. By the word, and interesting enough, Jesus was the word. So he spoke of himself in that place of temptation and defeated the devil in that place of isolation. So I want to encourage us as we may be in lockdown, as we may be in our houses and in our homes, uh, it's not a time for doing the gardening. You can do the garden. That's all right. You can do the garden. You can even do a bit of decorating. I don't mind that. But that's not the purpose of this time. You see, because heaven has a purpose for you and has a purpose for this time. It's not an extended holiday. It's not a time for the church to be sitting on its hands. It's not a time for the church to think, wow, this is great. I'll get everything done around the house that I've never done before. It is a time for us to get on our faces before God. It is a time that we need to use to bring the kingdom of God to earth. It is not a holiday. And I've been praying that the church arises and awakens to an understanding that we have a duty to this nation and to other nations to bring in the kingdom of God. And not to have an attitude of like, well, I'm in lockdown. Jesus never had an attitude of he was in lockdown. He got the word of God and he began to declare it. He began to quote it. He began to make the devil aware of the true word that was going on. 
not the lies that he was speaking. And I want to tell you, it's time for us, church, to rise up and begin to declare. It's time for us, church, like there's never been time that we use this time that we have, that we use our lockdown time, that we use our isolation time to get on our faces before God, to get into the word of God again and to begin to declare the word of God. You are not powerless in your lockdown. You are not powerless. Actually, the enemy has, has attempted. Uh, remember when, when Jesus went to the cross and he died and the enemy thought he'd won. But actually, it was the biggest defeat for the enemy because actually it, Jesus had won. His death caused life forever and for everyone. And the enemy has planned this um, to produce death and to produce fear. But actually, he's made a big mistake because in having God's people in a place where, where maybe we're struggling to think about what to do, God's saying, get on your face before me. Get on your face before me. As the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. You see, it's not our job to have our sins forgiven and it's not our job to heal our land. It's God's job. But there's something required at the beginning of that verse that says this, if my people, if my people, and if we take this as a holiday, if we take this, you see, there's, there's, there's two battles going on at the moment. There's the natural battle against this virus um, that the doctors and, 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 and the scientists and, and everybody's trying to win. And, and that's fantastic. And we bless them for that. But actually, there's a spiritual battle going on at the same time. There's a spiritual battle going on that says that God is saying, if my people, if my people will humble yourself, get on your face and pray before me, I'll hear from heaven and I'll do something. See, I've been busier these last four weeks apostolically than I've ever been in my entire ministry of, of, of being an apostle around this region and around the, the nations. And I've been busier than I've ever been. I've been quieter than I've ever been, which for some years that'll come as a bit of a surprise. But I have been quieter, but actually I've been doing business and I've been doing business in the heavenly realms. Now listen, hear me well on this because I've heard a lot about this. We need to do business in the heavenly realms, but it needs to look like something on earth. And, and what I've seen in the last three weeks, and I'll bear testimony this another time, the day is not to do that, has been absolutely phenomenal. The, 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 the doors that have opened and the positions of authority in the natural that have come to me have been phenomenal, amazingly, amazingly phenomenal. And I'll bear testimony of this in the future. But actually, why has that happened? It's happened because I've done business in the heavenly realms. It's not, it's good that we make declarations. It's good that we're on Facebook. It's good that we're declaring the word of God and social media. But the business is done in heaven but then it has to look like something on earth. It has to. It has to look like something on earth. Let me read a verse for you from Isaiah 43. Isaiah 40, verse 3 says this, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, 
make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up and every hillside shall be brought low. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places plain. This is the verse, verse 5. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the peoples will see it is the key together. Now, you'll not be surprised for me to bang on about as one. But if there's ever a time now that the church needs to rise up as one, it's now. It is absolutely now. The language that we are getting from TV against this virus is, is language like, we're in this together. <laughs> and actually the church is up as one. There's a couple of ministers from Newcastle asking ministers to join together in prayer. Um, uh, I think it's tonight at five o'clock where, where, where they're trying to get the ministers together to pray. You see, the message of as one, the message of oneness is what will break this thing and what will break this country into a full repentance and an understanding of who God is and what he's done for them. Right now, listen to the language that's being taught and, and listen to the language that's being spoken and offered. You know, in one day we had we had quarter of a million people volunteered to help the NHS in one day quarter of a million people coming together as one to fight this thing we have communities standing outside of doors right across this nation applauding the NHS everybody stand outside our doors applauding coming together as one clapping at that front door we I've I seen a clip of a, a place in Brazil that I actually went, and it's a real rough place. And in all of the street, somebody, somebody got a huge amplifier and they were playing worship music, and all of the street came out and they were worshiping God as one community together, one voice, one heart, one mind. And they began to sing and they began to praise God in the street in Brazil. And people were getting saved, people were getting healed, and people were getting delivered as they worshiped together in the streets. There's never a time like we've had right now for the church to rise up and have a loud voice, but have one voice together to speak. It says that the valleys will be filled and the mountains and the hills will be brought low. You know, God was sharing to me that in this time, that some of that was about the work of our hearts. Some of that, valleys that need filled and the mountains brought low was a work in here that God wants to do with us. And, and again, an opportunity while we're here to press into that and to allow God to shape and mold our hearts. To sort out what needs sorted out. To bring you into full revelation of who he is. Again, I've been in Isaiah in 62. It says this, in verse 10, it says, past through, pass through the gates, prepare the way for God's people. Build up, build up a highway. Have you noticed both of these scriptures? I'm, I'm talking to you about a highway because I believe that's what God's doing right now. He's building a highway for his glory to come like never before. And it's going to be relying on, our, on his people going, I'm going to pray this in. I'm going to believe that this is a time that God is building a highway for him to come. Remove the stones. Raise up a banner for the nations. I mean, this is Isaiah, but it, it could have been for us right here for right now. 
raise up a banner for the nations. The Lord has made proclamation to the ends of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your saviour comes. See his reward is with you. And his recompense accompanies you. They shall be called a holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. You shall be called sought after. That my testimony in the last four weeks has been this. I've been sought after. People are looking towards me and others like me to bring a solution to what the world is trying to grasp at the moment. And we have the truth like Jesus had the truth. And we need to be offering that. The city will no longer be called desolate. I want to just declare that out today. I'm going to finish in a minute, but there's a couple of more scriptures I want to read because it's the scriptures that are important. And and I hope you take a note of the the scriptures. It's the scriptures that are important as you go away after this and you read through them and you get the revelation that's on these scriptures. God is preparing a highway for his glory. This isn't about John the Baptist. These these passages in Isaiah um, from, from 40 to 60 odd are all about the salvation. But actually, they're, they're as real for us today as they were then when they talked about Jesus coming. It is still the same today. This is talking about Jesus coming. It's talking about his glory coming. And it says, that these are the gospel messages. That, you see, that the gospel today is what's being released. <laughs> the, right across the world, the gospel, the true word, the good news of the gospel, people are beginning to hear it. They're beginning to get it. And we need to be active church in that process. It says this in Isaiah 10, uh, sorry, Isaiah 35, verse 10. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Church, we have a message to the world today. And it's a message of joy. It's a message of hope. It's a message of reconciliation. It's a time where people can get before God and sort out our our valleys and our hills. It's a time when we can dedicate ourselves to the Lord in prayer, not just for ourselves, but on behalf of our nation and on behalf of this world. I believe, and this is a big statement, I believe we're close to a tipping point. I don't say that lightly. My experience as an, as an apostolically across this nation uh, in the last couple of years, I believe we're close to a tipping point. And you're saying, well, how can you believe that, Alan, with all that's going on around you? And I felt the Lord say to me this, the darkest part of the night is always just before the dawn. And I want to tell you that it might seem dark around us, but the dawn is coming. <laughs> this, even, even the politicians declare this. We, we will get over this, they say. We will get over this. But I'm telling you, we'll never be the same again. This nation and other nations will never be the same again. Because God is causing, using this time of shaking to bring people to himself. And I think particularly to bring his people to himself, that they can shine, that they can bear testimony of what God 
is doing in their lives and therefore lead others to Christ. There's an awakening coming like we've never seen. But it's going to take some dedication from us, church. My final two scriptures, so I know I'm not supposed to preach for an hour because I'm online. My final two scriptures are really, really, really important. And God has been laying these on my heart. They're taken from Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And these scriptures are about people who were waiting for the tipping point, who were waiting for the day, and they spent their life waiting for it. I don't know about you, but I'm longing for the day that the glory of God is revealed in this land like we've never seen before, where Jesus becomes irresistible to people. I believe we're at the tipping point, church. It's a big statement for me to make. I believe we'll never be the same again. This verse says this, verse 25, Luke 2, 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he seen the Lord, the Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, and you hear how much the Holy Spirit's involved in this, in this part of Scripture. Moved by the Spirit. This was before the Spirit was poured out, by the way, in Pentecost. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for them what was the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms. Wow. Well, there's a time, sorry, I'm getting a bit whacked. There's a, t there's a time there for us. There's a word, timely word there for us, God, in, in this time. Ha. I'm getting a bit whacked. Ha. Jesus, we need to invite and take Jesus into our arms again. In this time of shutdown and isolation, Jesus is not distant. He's there. And here's Simeon. He's seen the child that he'd been waiting for for so many years. And can you imagine how that must have felt to him as he took Jesus into his, his arms? Wow. Wow. And then he said something. He said, praise God. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation for the gentiles and the glory of your people israel god has prepared jesus for all nations and it's a light of revelation i hope some of you are getting the strength in this a bit further down in our passage it says this says that there was also a prophet. I like to think these two as being, yeah, they work together. And this prophet was Anna, a daughter from the tribe of Asher. She was very old, it says. She had lived with her husband for seven years 
and after their marriage, she was widowed until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up ah, to them at the very moment she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. So let's just take that a little bit. She was, she was probably married at the age of 15, I'm guessing. Her husband died seven years after that. Maybe would have put her at 22. A little bit of guesswork here. When her husband died. And she prayed at the temple, believing for salvation, believing for the lost, believing that Jesus would be revealed like never before. For 60 years, she dedicated her life in prayer and fasting in the temple. It wasn't a quick fix. In church, I believe that we're not going to get a quick fix. I said we're at a tipping point, but I don't believe it's going to be a quick fix. It's going to require something of us, church. It's going to require something of the ecclesia, the real church, his people, who know what it is to be called by his name, to rise up, to begin to pray, to begin to fast, to begin to dedicate ourselves to see the glory of God revealed. If you are wanting to see something land, then you have to prepare the ground. You know, an aeroplane can only come in if somebody's prepared the ground. And I believe God's wanting to land something. But he's saying to his church, church, I want you to build a highway. It's a highway of holiness. It's a highway of dedication. It's a highway that offers hope and not fear. It's a highway that when you get on your face before me, I will give you grace upon grace and faith upon faith and hope upon hope that you can offer to the amount of messages I've had in the last few weeks. People asking what's going to happen, Olive. Tell us what to do. Apostolically, what are you seeing? Divinity, you're there. This is what I'm seeing. It's for us to do it as one. It's not a time to be isolated or separate. You might be in lockdown. God is not in lockdown. You might be in isolation. Jesus is not in isolation. Our God is a God of the impossible. And even in the midst of this time, I'll tell you what I'm believing for, and I hope you can believe this with me. I'm going to finish. I'm believing that this region will have the lowest deaths. I'm believing that this region will have the lowest cases of this virus. I'm believing that when this is finished, they'll look at a map of the country, and they'll go, what happened in the northeast of England? How come the virus didn't take effect there like it has in London and has in Italy and other parts of the world? You see, we're an apostolic church, and as such, that's what our prayer should be. It should be for those around this region, or those around this nation, and then those around the nations. But first, in our homeland, in our place where we live and be and have our being, where we set our feet, the Lord has seen this. Let's go for it, church.
that we see the lowest amounts of this virus being detected in our region. But alongside of that, let's not forget those who are dedicating themselves in the fight against this. People like the NHS and all those amazingly brilliant people who are working hard to fight this thing. They're a part of God's plan, and we need to hear that. We really need to hear that. They're a part of God's plan. Close your eyes. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask Paul to turn the mic on. Father God, I thank you that we are not without hope. That we carry hope himself. And hope has a name and his name is Jesus. I thank you that the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ has the same power today as it had yesterday. And God, I pray that the masses, that the thousands upon thousands upon thousands will begin to turn to you. We'll begin to inquire, is there a God? Begin to call on your name. Begin to draw down from heaven itself. Begin to connect with who is our daddy. Father, I pray that your peace and your presence will rest upon this region and this nation and the nations. In Jesus' name, amen.